connecting the family, our purpose, and community. And so today God has just kind of led us to wrap it up this way uh, and really deal with and talk about the focus factor. And so when you think about anything that you ever want to accomplish in life, how many of you know it requires focus? That's right. And I don't care what it is. If you decide to get out of debt, how many know that requires an extreme amount of focus to get out of debt? It doesn't really matter what it is. The vision God's given us is going to require focus. How many know to stay happily married, you have to be focused on being happily married? Oh, Jesus, you all getting ready to make it tough already. How many know to live holy single, you've got to be focused on living holy? Amen, yeah. And so anything that anyone has ever achieved in life, they had to be focused in order to do it. And so by definition, the word focus means this. It is a central point, and these should go up on the screen. It is a central point as of attraction. Let me also say this too, if you have the Version Bible app, you can go uh, there down to the bottom, to the far right, you'll see three little lines there. Hit those lines and events. then you'll see events. Hit events and then events will pull up churches or, or type in linked, linked up, up church. church. And then all of these notes will be right there in front of you uh, so that you can follow along and also add your own notes to that as well if you have that app, okay? And so the definition, again, is a central point as of attraction, attention, or activity. So when we're talking about focus, we're talking about the central point, okay, where we want to all direct all of our attention to. Now, we know and we trust and we believe, God, that it is going to require a focused effort on all of our parts to accomplish what God has called Linked Up Church to accomplish. I mean, we can't do it by ourselves. And you all can't do it by yourselves. But collectively, we can do some damage to the kingdom of darkness and build the kingdom of God. But it's going to require focus, effort, and energy on our part. Because a true indicator of such advancement is when you're victorious in your home first. When you're connecting people to God, when you're connecting people to community and family and to purpose, when you're an intricate part of partaking of the vision, then we are all just squashing the, the devil's kingdom further and further down where it belongs. Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, talking about the focus factor, the central point. There's this commercial on TV I've noticed here lately, and it's just, there's a couple of them, but there's one in particular. This lady is driving her car. She's driving, and as she's driving, her imagination uh, comes on the screen, and she's singing, because while she's driving, she's singing a song on the radio. And then all of a sudden, the imagination comes up where she's in front of this here huge audience, and she's on stage, and all lights are on her because she's a celebrity singer right now, and she's singing while driving her car. Have y'all seen that commercial? I love that commercial because that's so me. I was like, someone understands me. And what they're saying, what they go on to say, the narrator says that studies have shown that pure intentional focus lasts anywhere from 8 to 10 seconds. Therefore, they created this car to alert you for whatever reason is. And we understand that in life, the enemy advances heavily when we're distracted. So what we want to do in talking about the focus factor is get you and make you very aware and keenly sensitive to the, 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 the central theme or the central ideal um, factor that you should be focusing on and it will resolve everything else that surrounds you. 
So with that being said, there's going to be three points we're going to elaborate on and discuss, but it's all centralized in one area. Number one, focus on God. Focus on God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 1 in the New King James Version. And it says here, this is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. And the church of Corinth was a special church, very special church, but yet dear to his heart. And God still used Paul to call his people saints. But nevertheless, in verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you with meat, milk, and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you are still carnal. Wherefore there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? Verse 5, which is the key here. He says, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But Apollos, but ministers through him who you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now here, what, he's, what Paul is basically saying is that the church was so disrupted and so disturbed and so divided because people will follow who they would want to follow. And oftentimes it was a matter of who appealed best to or gave them liberty to do what they wanted to do in this situation. But so oftentimes you'll, you'll hear people, even today, 2,000 plus years later, where, you know, Pastor Gregory might be him or so, Pastor so-and-so might be him. or so I'm aligned with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. When we're all the body of Christ, and as long as we're all growing in the things of God, we're nothing. When the concern is on God, when the focus is on God, when, when every endeavor and every intention is to please God, then it doesn't matter so much as who you're connected to as much as it is are you connected to God. We're commanded to follow those that follow hard after Christ. Right. So when he's talking here that, when he's talking about, now I choose to believe that I'm talking to spiritually mature or at least on the road to maturity. Got Paul here, he's bold. He's like, listen, I'm talking to y'all because y'all acting a fool. <laughs> and I got to address this foolishness. But nevertheless, the, the, the information still pertains to us, especially when we find ourselves being distracted and not focusing on the one who deserves all of our attention. He says here that the Apollos and Paul are nothing, but only to the degree that you're growing and increasing. He says... I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. That word increase there is the Greek word oxano. And this means to grow, that is enlarge, to grow up, to give the increase. In other words, when we are talking about growing and increasing in the things of God, it doesn't, it's not measured by how much money you have or how healthy you are or what you possess. It's not even measured by whether you're married or single. How many, it's not measured by all that. He said it's measured by how spiritually mature and how much spiritually you're growing in the things of God. Talking about focusing on God here. He says, then goes on to say in verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. We're God's field. You are God's building. 
he says here that being co-workers is what the uh, New King James says, but the King James said co-laborers. And that word co-laborers is the Greek word sunergos. And that means to companion in labor, to work together, work fellow. Jesus said that, hey, I am your co-laborer. As long as you work with me, I am obligated. I am fulfilled by my word to work with you. So when our focus is not on what's going on around us, but what's going on above us, he says, I'm working with you. I'm going to make the job work out. I'll make sure that the marriage works out. I'll make sure the kids work out. Just focus on me. Because when you focus on what's around you, you get involved, and I don't need your involvement. <laughs> That's good. And a lot of times what ends up happening, what Paul is saying here is that we're so trying to align ourselves up with the one that we believe has the most power, the most information, the most wisdom. Yes, First Lord. Corinthians chapter 1, he talks about in the beginning. Well, let me pull that up. Let me read that to you because it's so good and so in tune. He says, for the Jews, 1 Corinthians 1, 22 through 24, for the Jews require a sign. The Greeks, they seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews, Jews that's a stumbling block. To the Greeks, it's foolishness. But to them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. A lot of times people align themselves, and this is what Paul is talking about. You're only aligning yourselves with particular individuals and letting strife and division get among you because you're trying to align yourself with the ones that you think is going to give you the greatest access of power. The greatest access of signs and wonders. The greatest access of information. And he's, he's identifying the two divisions in the church back then. He said, it's the Jews were looking for signs and wonders, miracles. And the Greeks were looking for wisdom, philosophical knowledge, advancement. Because, you know, they were all about that education and philosophy, you know. But he says, but we, <laughs> there's only one thing that will get you all that. And that is Christ and him crucified. Yes. And when you get that, when you understand and you receive the revelation of how much he loves you, what he's done for you, what he's sacrificed for you, what those whips meant, what that crown of thorns meant, what that blood meant, what that piercing side meant, then you understand that you don't be, need to be connected to a power source. You just need to be connected to the power source. And then you are the power source. <laughs> You could dibble and dabble in signs and wonders, miracles, and the power. You could dibble and dabble in the wisdom. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for your relationship with him. You're responsible for getting your access to him. You're responsible. He does not erase. You notice he does not write anybody's name in the book of, of life. Look in the Bible. It doesn't say, I'm about to write your name down. It's only erased. Say la. It's only erased. And if any of you find it, you show me. We're all his children. And he intends that all of us come into the knowledge of Christ. That's good. That's good. All of our names are written in the book of life. It's when we take our focus off of who is the author of that book that he has to erase the name. That's good. That's good. So guess what? The vision of Linked Up Church is only as effective as your willingness to pick it up and own it for yourselves. And it's not just a linked up church vision, this is a God vision. He intends for you to be his co-laborer, connecting people to God. He intends to you, for you to be so connected to him that you feel connected to your families. Yeah. You're so impactful in your families that you are intentional about your purpose. And you're so effective.
within your purpose that you impact communities. That's good. That's good. And when you get your focus off of God, yet wanting his promises, you'll find yourself experiencing fragments of his intended will. Man, that's so good. You'll have victory, then try to figure out how to keep it, and dump it, fall down. Then you have victory again, and then get frustrated. Then have victory again, because once you get the victory, it's very easy. I've done it. I'm guilty. I'm preaching. I, I, listen, I am just as guilty as you are. You're on that mountaintop, and everything in you wants to stay there. And your focus becomes the mountaintop and on, not on the creator of the mountain. That's excellent. And when we keep our focus on the creator of the mountain, it doesn't matter whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, baby. You could be at the bottom of the sea or up in the clouds. It's just a matter of the season. Hey, listen, I don't want to add nothing to that. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. No one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. I mean, we can get this off the call and go home right there. That was just rich right there. That was rich. That was rich right there. I mean, we can give God the glory for that. That was a Holy Ghost pocket. That was one of those moments. And it sounds like he was never disconnecting from chapter 1 all the way through chapter 3. Yep. And so if you look at what divides churches today, I want more of the power of God. I want more of the word of God. Such and such does this. Such and such does that. And what it does is it, it creates division and strife in the church. When in reality, all those gifts need to be in one house. But, but watch this. But then the gifts can't be in one house because they don't respect each other. So then that causes one gift, that strife, envy, division. So now that gift's going to go out and do their own thing. And now we're divided as a body instead of together. And notice what Paul said there, that that's carnal behavior. So it sounds to me, babe, like what he was trying to do, and this is our job, is to get the power off of the platform and out and into, into the, the pews. See, it's time out for superstar preachers. And God needs superstar people. That's why Paul said, who is Apollos and who is Paul? Nothing. He said, it's God that gives the increase. So it sounds to me like God doesn't care who's delivering the information as long as you're growing. So don't, don't be concerned with people. Be concerned with your growth. That's right. And everyone needs to do what they need to do to keep growing. But find out where God wants you planted and stay there and help that church fulfill its mission in the earth. You know, this was just, Hallelujah. we talked about this, and I didn't mention first service. Understand this, talking about what God says and what he, I mean, is it so intentional in his word. Jesus over and over again says he's coming back for his what? Glorious church. He's coming back for his church. Another, I dare you. He doesn't say I'm coming back for the preacher. He doesn't say I'm coming back for the believer. He doesn't say I'm coming back for the Christian. He says I'm coming back for the church the ecclesia, the called out body of believers that's bold enough to gather, to connect, to act intentionally, and to preach my word. We all have experienced people who 
You know, it's just, I don't need church. I just, <laughs> and there might be somebody listening to SoundCloud. That SoundCloud is church. We've learned that. But he's coming back for his called out, gathered believers who are bold to sharpen others as they are being sharpened, to connect others as they've been connected, to impact communities as they have been impacted. And that happens first out of the church and then explodes throughout the world. Focusing on God. When you focus on God, nothing else matters. That's good. That's good. That's excellent. Let's move on to point number two. Focused service. So we've talked about focusing on God. Let's talk about focused service. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, and let me save some time here. So I'll give the backdrop from verses 1 through uh, really 8. And, and really it's talking about the peril of not progressing. And so believe it or not, God expected from the moment you received Christ that you continue to grow. It was never the will of God that you ever stayed the same. From the moment you received Christ, his expectation was that you continued to grow. And so it's a warning to these individuals because they did not progress in their faith. How I many know God never called us to stay the same? And so in the kingdom, we're either progressing or we're regressing. You do not stay the same. You remember what he said in Revelation? He said, I wish that you were what? Hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, he said, what? I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And so in the kingdom, folks, we've got to be hot or cold. And listen, God wants you on fire for him. Let me try this side of the room. I said, God wants you on fire for him. And you know, one of the ways that you can tell whether or not your heart is on fire for God is your willingness to serve him and his people. I mean, that's a soft heart that wants to help God and help God's people. And so read verse 4 here. Notice what he says here. For it is impossible, Hebrews 6, 4, for those who were once enlightened, they came into the knowledge of the truth, and have tasted the heavenly gift, they received salvation and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, tasted of the good word of God. They know the word of God and the powers of the age to come. They know the word of God and the power of God. Notice what he said. If they fall away to renew them to repentance, folks, it is, it is I want you all to understand, it's not easy to fall away from God. Then he goes on to use this illustration about for the earth which drinks in the rain in verse 7 that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful to those by whom it is cultivated receives blessings from God. So notice, when the rain comes down, it makes the soil soft. And how many know then the seed can go into the soil, so he's talking about a life, and then be cultivated and then it's going to produce the blessing of God. When a person's heart gets hard, how many know it can be seen because they no longer want to do anything for God or people? Verse 8 says, and it bears thorns and briars, or briars, briars, and is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. And that's talking about a hard heart that no longer is soft 
when the word of God is planted to actually act on what is heard so it can walk in the blessing of God. I mean, focus service is so important. And so if you listen to everything that we've said up to this point, you know why a lot of people won't serve today? Not because they don't love God, because they don't want to deal with people anymore. They've been hurt. Come on, let's just be real in here. How many of y'all have ever said, I, I go to church, but man, that's about it. You know, I know people that say, I'll never join another church in my life. I never put my name on another role in my life. I never serve. I go to church, but I won't serve. How many of you know that has nothing to do with God? They've allowed people to keep them from walking in the fullness of the blessing of God. Now, let's pick it up in verse 9. Because we're talking to a different group of people. We're not talking to that group. Amen. And the church said... We're talking to a group whose heart is soft. I'm talking about the moment the word goes forth, it just, just lands on good ground. Come on, and it produces fruit in every one of your lives. Some of you 30, some 60, some of you all walk out with 100-fold production. I'm prophesying and speaking life right now. Every single week. This is the group. He says, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes. And that's what I say over this body today. My wife and I, this staff, we are confident of better things for you. What, what better things is he talking about? Yes, things that accompany salvation. So notice, after a person is saved, I mean, there's some things that should accompany that. Yes. So it's not just save, rededicate my life and sit down. Save, rededicate my life. Come on, somebody, and attend church. No, it's save, rededicate my life, connect to God. Come on, connect to other people, attend classes. Come on, begin serving, get in small groups. It's an engagement. There's more after the altar call. That's right, that's right, that's right. And he said, yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. Then he goes on to talk about it. For God is not unjust or unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do ministry. Yes. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until when? Folks, God wants you to finish what you start. Now, I did this in the earlier service. Don't be embarrassed. I'm not getting ready to do this to embarrass anyone. But how many of you all used to serve in a church, but you no longer serve in it? Look at, look at pinkies going up. I see people doing this. Put it back down. That's all right. You all, like, won't even, they won't even put it all this with the. I guarantee you, I want to encourage you today. I guarantee you that has nothing to do with God. You had a bad experience with people. For many of you. Can I just take it a step further? See, that's why Paul said, I am nothing and Apollos is nothing. I'll take it as high as it needs to go. You had a bad experience with leadership. Now you don't trust people anymore. That's the whole goal, folks. Trust God. It should show you that you put too much stock in people and not enough stock in God. Especially if God called you to serve in that area. You know, how many of you are entrepreneurs or believe in God to be entrepreneurs one time at some point in your life? That's a lot of people here. You believe to be in business for yourself. 
And let me tell you something. When you are serving, whether you're serving at church, whether you're serving at the homeless shelter, whether you're serving at the food depot, wherever you're serving, when you give of your time, your energy, your talents, and your gifts, and you experience people that are contrary to you, that is your invitation to some training and growth. I'm not talking about abuse, but I'm just talking about those instances where you didn't like the way they talked to you. They didn't speak to you. They just blurt out anything. They don't say thank you. They take credit when you do something. (laughs) I don't get paid. I ain't got to be here. I'll be here. They don't pay me enough to do all this stuff. Understand this. If you're trying to be in business for yourself and you believe that God has called you to be an entrepreneur, Basically, a lot of us want to exchange having that boss over us. We want to be in charge of our own destiny. We have our own vision. We have our own goals. God put a destiny and a fate in me. Understand, you're trading in one boss, one supervisor for a multiple number of bosses, a multiple number of supervisors, a multiple number of people that's going to tell you what to do. Because understand that you're not going to thrive unless you have clients, unless you have customers, unless you have contracts, unless you have obligations. And guess what? You have to meet the agreement for each contract, each client, each customer. And if you can't survive just in serving, you will never survive as being a successful entrepreneur. Excellent. We talked about it before. If you can't show yourself faithful over another man's, who's going to give you your own? And we, we, we've experienced this. We know a lot of very wealthy to do people, very accomplished people. I've seen them put on rubber gloves to go clean up bathrooms. Decca millionaires. I mean, I've seen them put on aprons to go serve food. Not for the homeless, so they can get the recognition with the press release. They'd rather be incognito, down in somebody's basement, just preparing food in the kitchen. When they go to be a blessing to somebody, their checks don't have enough room for the numbers. And it's a law in the earth that God has put in the earth. It's irrevocable. You can't take it back. Once you sow, and he says your labor of love. Your labor of love. When your motivation is love, when your motivation is that focus factor God, he says what? He's not unjust. He's not unrighteous to forget that. Watch this. Verse 12. Then he encourages you that you do not become sluggish. Mm. What's another word for sluggish? Lazy. So in other words, you can't get to the end (laughs) if you become sluggish. That you do not become sluggish, but watch this. But imitate those who through faith and promises... Faith and patience inherit the promise. I believe God puts an example in front of all of us on where we need to get to. Sometimes the challenge is we're listening from the bottom up. And I mean, if you get all your information from the bottom, all they can do is pull you down. You need to figure out who's actually accomplished what you're trying to do and follow that. And so what happens is all the people in strife and division, they all get together. And you know what they end up doing? Keeping each other down. The wise person's got to get out of that group 
and find the group that's excelling. Come on, somebody. Pray for that group. You don't judge them, but find the one that's actually accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish and follow that, okay? Now, there are several things here, and they'll all go up on the screen. I'm just going to hit them real quick because they, my wife is just, you on a roll today, girl. You are just cooking with fire and, and just on fire. So I'm just going to give you these real quick. They'll go on the screen, and then we're going to let her get right to number three. All of these points come right out of the text that I just read. We, read. we lettered them from A to G. Notice, I want to encourage you. Again, how many of y'all used to serve, but you don't serve any longer? That's okay. God needs you. Notice, I didn't say linked up church needs you. I said God needs you. It's a big difference, folks. If you do it for us, it'll last a couple of weeks. But if you do it for God, it'll last forever. Letter A, right there in the text. He is very much aware of your service in the past. You notice the phrase that says, and that you have ministered. God will never forget anything that you've ever done for him. And I don't care how long ago you did it, God will never forget it. Letter B, service that has been shown towards his name. Notice in the text it says towards his name. Towards his name means towards his person. I mean, everything you do, you should do for him and not for people. So watch this. Whether you're underpaid or overpaid, I guarantee you if you're doing it for him, he'll settle the score every single time. Whether your boss comes through, I guarantee you it'll come many different ways if you keep doing it for the right reasons. Letter C, service that has been shown towards his servants, the saints. It says to the saints. I mean, whether you're in the nursery, whether you're in children's church, whether you're in the youth department, whether you're an usher, hostess, whether no one sees you out there on that parking lot, I mean, no, God sees you. And God is counting that to your credit. Letter D, he is very much aware of your service in the present. And notice he said, and do ministry. So notice God expects that you start this way and that you finish this way. That you start serving and that you finish serving. God wants you at the end of your life. Notice what he said. He says, Enter into the joy that has been prepared before you before the foundation of the world. He said, well done, thou good and faithful attendee. That's right. <laughs> Is that what he said? He said, well done, thou good and faithful. What did he say? Well done, thou good and faithful attendee. Giver. Shouter, run around the church, fall out in the front of the church. What did he say? Yeah, I just, let me finish this okay, you finish. Letter E, then he said, be diligent till the end. Oh, my goodness. We've got military people in this service, yeah. right? What is your job is to follow your orders all the way through until completion. Folks, how many you know we should be much more that way about the things of God? That's right. See, will you be found on post where he would put you? Letter F, don't become sluggish. How many know we all have to fight that? Can I just be transparent? I didn't wake up this morning, glory to God, let's, man, let's go get him. <laughs> I didn't wake up that way. I woke up this morning like everybody else. Oh. 
Then that shower hit me. Come on, somebody. Then you turn a little praise and worship on. You start coming up, right? And, and then you work yourself to the place where you had a place where now let's go get them. Right or wrong. And so we all have to fight off sluggishness. And then I love this right here. These are good lessons. Follow those who exercise faith and patience to inherit the promises. Now, we know faith is persuasion and trust in God. One we don't like is patience. <laughs> patience is a Greek word, macrothumia. And it means, see, we don't like these words, forbearance. It means fortitude. We really don't like this one. It means long, long suffering. suffering. You know what words we like? Suddenly. <laughs> now. Come on, say it with me. Buddy. We like all that stuff. I mean, it's just much the word of God right here. Come on, say it with me. Long. See, see nobody got into that. You see that? <laughs> nobody got into that. Come on, on a count of three. Come on, say it with me. One, two, three. Long suffering. Now shout about it. <laughs> see, you couldn't even shout about that. You're like, I ain't shouting about no long suffering. But notice you can't inherit the promises unless you have it. What is that quote? God, give me patience and give it to me now. Yeah. <laughs> see, I want you to see that. See, you all think we're an overnight sensation. If we are, then it took 22 years of ministry to get here. There are things that God showed me 27 years ago when I walked into Bible school that I'm still not walking in 27 years later. And I'm still on that road. And I'm closer than when I started 27 years ago. Hello, somebody. And you know people I pay attention to is people who finish, like Fred Price. Come on, somebody, people who've been in it a long time, 30, 40 years. I ask some questions. Why do I want to ask someone that just got kicked out of the ministry or lost their ministry? I want to pray for that person. I want to learn from the person who's actually accomplished what I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You all see that? So it's through faith and patience that you inherit the promises. What's good is I was just was just quickened in me Matthew 25 when Jesus is talking about you know he's coming to judge the nations and when he comes to judge the nations he says in Matthew 25 starting at verse 31 on down he says that he's going to separate the sheep from the goats and how he separates the sheep from the goats is when he says when I was in prison you came to see me mm. when I was at the hospital you prayed for me mm. when I was hungry you fed me. Mm. And he said, the righteous will say, how do we do these things? I didn't see you when I went to the prison. I didn't see you when I fed the hungry. He says, what you did to the least of these, you did it unto me. Now enter into my kingdom and receive the inheritance. <laughs> see, whether you realize it or not, heaven, all heaven is, is service. We're talking about focusing on service. Our service here on earth is supposed to graduate us into service in heaven. A greater and higher service. And when we start that now, how much more pleased is he later? Amen. Number three, focused faith. Focused faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, I'm going to read from the message interpretation. It says, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God 
must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Earlier in that chapter, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. Now faith believes. Now faith trusts. Now faith expects. Now faith petitions. Now faith speaks. Now faith. Faith is a firm persuasion, a concrete expectation. When we say we have faith, that word pistis there, it says that I have a certain expectation. I have a certain confirmation. I have a firm persuasion that God, you not only exist, but you exist in and through me. You're present with me right now. I don't have to go to grandma. We love mama. We love mama. We love grandmama. We love great-grandmama. Great we love Medea. We love the auntie that can get a prayer through. <laughs> but you can be just as effective. Right. It seems funny to me how people will come and tell me stories, and nothing against it, but, you know, I, I received from a prophet, and this is a confirmed prophet. <laughs> God didn't say nothing to that prophet that he didn't already say to you. Hello. So there he says in the King James Version, and for he who comes to him must believe that he is. Now that word believe is different from the word faith. A lot of times we want to equate faith with believing and believing with faith. But they're actually, though one might be the root of the other, they're actually kind of different. Because see, I have faith that my children will grow in and become successful people. They will grow and do mighty exploits in the name of Jesus. They will be firm in their faith. I have faith that they'll do those things, but we all know that they are subject to error. That's right. So we can have faith in God and have that same mentality. Maybe he didn't hear my prayer. Maybe he's judging me for my sin. Maybe he recalls when I didn't do this. How am I going to come to him now and I ain't talked to him in two years? So we have faith that he's there and that he does these things. But now we're talking about this word believe. And that word believe is pisteo. And now we're talking about to have trust in. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about being confident of his deliverance. The word actually is defined in the uh, Greek as to have faith in upon or with respect to a person or thing. To commit, to trust, to put trust with. Now, I have credit cards, and I have one credit card that's very nice to me. All right, let me because, say Costco. Because this credit card connects me to my other man, Costco. Costco's. <laughs> SoundCloud, don't be taking this nowhere, don't need to be going. And so, this credit card, when it first came out and I got it, you know, they give you a little balance. But when you get a credit card, you have to understand that your name and your behavior warranted them to say, hey, I trust you to give you access to this amount of money. And as you continue to prove my trust for you, I will increase how much money I'm willing to give you. That's good. They don't come out and just say, hey, here's the black card. They'll incrementally prove it, okay, because of what you've done in the past or what you, so, but God, he's so graceful and so merciful. He says, here, I'll give you the black card up front. And as you make room on your black card, as your, your room becomes, your balance becomes available, 
then you'll increase in its usage. Oh, that's good. But see, what we tend to do is we tend to only give God the gold card with the $5,000 limit. I have faith in you, but when life hits me, I don't know if I can really trust you <laughs> to give me all the credit that I want to give you. And so, talking about here, Hebrews chapter 11, now faith, it, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. Pleasing him, meaning that you understand that he is a rewarder. Yeah. You understand and receive that he's not withholding any good thing from me. Mm. His promises are yes and amen. Yeah. He's called me to be more than a victor. He's called me to have victory. He's called me to be more than a conqueror. I'm sorry. He's healed me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. He's promised me eternity. He promised me that I am the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. He's yeah. caused my steps to be ordered by him. He's the one who works all things out for the good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. So now, believing him means I trust you, God, in the midst of my situation. Again, being focused on God, which propels us to be focused on service because we're focused in faith. That's good. That's good. And when we diligently seek him, we inquire and investigate and search him out. It says there, I love this last definition, babe. It says to place a demand on. Mm -hmm. To place a demand on. Work with that a little bit. God is, he, he loves his glory. So when we find out more about him and we say, God, you said that you would supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. Come on, girl. Work Father, you said to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and every need shall be provided. You said that if I seek you, you will cause, if, 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 if I will seek you, that you will cause me to reign in all heavenly places. You said that, am I, that, 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 that I should agree with David when he says, I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging bread. Yeah. That's good. And he's and his you're a natural parent. When when he comes to you and says, "Mommy, you said you was going to take me to McDonald's or Chuck E. Cheese or Burger King or whatever they, they talk about." That too. When they say that, they mean You said that. you you say what? You right. <laughs> and in that moment, you got to say either I'm a liar or either I'm a doer. And God says, I cannot lie. I'm not a man. I cannot lie. That's good. That's good. So when you take him back at his word, focused faith now. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah. It's not just hearing what the preacher says. Yeah. It's hearing what comes out of your mouth. Because yeah. you can negate everything that we say by what's yeah. coming out of your mouth. Yeah. So what life are you speaking? What yeah. promises are you speaking? Yeah. What, what growth are Come you on, speaking? Girl. What maturity are you speaking? Yeah. Excellent. And then you build your own faith up when you say when your body is broken and you're tired and you're worn out and you don't know if you can give anymore, you say, Father, yeah. you said that I could cast my care on you. Yeah. For you careth for me. Yeah. And when that cloak, that shroud of peace comes over you. Yeah. Because he says, I got to respond to it. That's so good. But if we're like, God... I know you're not going to give me more than I can bear. He's like, I didn't give this to you in the first place. Come on, we can go home right here. Somebody ought to listen, man. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Come on, somebody ought to give God some glory in this place.
That's some good stuff. And see, and, and could it be there? Because when they come to him, see, he said two things here. He said, you got to believe that I am, that he is. Not just that, but that he is a rewarder. You know what the word rewarder means? Recompense. To pay. You literally have to believe that when you go to him that he is and that he will deliver what it is that you came to him about. But then he said, if you diligently seek him. See, notice, we search the word out, we investigate the word, but we can't do it for you. Right? And so, notice, you demonstrate to him how serious you are about what you're believing him to reward you for by your level of investigation. Well, I can't really say I believe you are if I'm not really investigating you in this area. And then I've got to come on the front end knowing that you're getting ready to do. You're going to do what you said you're going to do in this area. Why? Because I searched it out enough, and I know that you're not a man that you could lie. That's the one. That's the faith that God rewards. Say, I don't want to add nothing else to that. I'm going to leave all the rest of my stuff out of here. That was so good today. Can we just lift our hands and give God glory and honor today? Good stuff. You just went all through all of that today. Just good stuff. So we spent the last six weeks, right, infusing vision into this church so that you all understand what it is that we're called to do and prayerfully what your role is in it. And so, folks, we cannot do it by ourselves. You cannot do it by yourself. It takes all of us together. And as long as we focus on God, we focus on serving, and we focus our faith on his grace, what he's already provided for us. And how many know he's going to help us connect people to God? He's going to help us connect people to family. He'll help us connect people to purpose, and he'll help us connect people to community. There's a song, baby, that's, that's coming up in my spirit. Put your mic back on. Put your mic back on. I'm getting ready to wrap this up with a song. Yeah. Put uh, your mic back on. Okay. I can't remember okay, the here. words of the song. So basically, God's given Linked Up Church a vision. Mm -hmm. And we believe that vision is in line with him. Mm -hmm. And it's so far beyond Linked Up Church, but we are going to own it. That's right. We can't do it without you. God can't do it without all of us, and you can't do it without us. We, none of us can do it without God. So there's a song that we can, that came across, and if you all know the words, you can join with me. I don't remember all the words. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree. some glory. Come on, let's give him some honor. Let's give him some praise. He was trying to turn my mic down up there. You all stretch your hands up there towards the guy in the sound booth. He was trying to turn my mic down in the sound booth up there. 
Everybody stretch their hands up there towards the, no, stretch your hands towards me. Huh? <laughs> but that's so true, folks. We can't do it without you. God needs all of us to be a part of his army. You hear me, Craig? Man, God needs you. There's a gift in you that the body of Christ needs. That's serious. All of us have been hurt. Let's just put that on the table right now. All of us have been disappointed. Hello, somebody. All of us have. But we've got to move past that. We've got an opportunity out in front of us right now. And let's let go.